What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. All right, what's going on? It's Johnny King. Check this out. Check this out, okay? As of the release date of this episode, I've owned a new HVAC business for eight weeks. Two months. It's been the busiest two months of my entire life. Probably also the most productive because I haven't had a choice. Uh, There's been so much stuff to do. It's, uh, it's crazy. And I have on a, on a regular daily basis, or let's say hourly or moment to moment basis, had to kind of really apply everything that I've learned around the idea of, of coaching and, uh, you know, kind of like mental fitness, if you will, such that I wouldn't go into overwhelm break down, freak out, uh, throw in the towel type uh, behavior. I've had one day in the last eight weeks where I really, really had a a shitty day. And I think I actually talked about it on a previous podcast. Having said that, I wanted to share with you some things that I've learned. If you are entrepreneurial, uh, you might find this fascinating. If you're not, uh, you still might find it fascinating or you might find it completely boring, in which case... Uh, sorry, not sorry, go listen to another (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So something that I've just been thinking about, you know, because I have multiple, um, entrepreneurial endeavors, let's just say that, right? This is the, the first time that I have bought a pre-existing business, a business that, uh, was already in the black. Okay. It's an asset person purchase. So I bought all of the assets, uh, including the inventory and all the FF and E like, uh, all the, you know, the van and the ladders and the computers and the, along with uh, a couple different employees that came along with it. Right. So that's all great. Um, but very quickly did I realize that one of the two employees, the office manager, who was not local to Denver, I really needed someone to be local to Denver. And what a game changer that has been. So, uh, you know, regretfully, I had to let go of, uh, of the previous office manager. And just within the last week and a half, have I hired a new one. And God bless her. Huge talent. Um, so grateful to have her on the team. And what I have realized, though, uh, another huge lesson is how much help I needed. (laughs) Uh, And this isn't my first rodeo. I had a personal assistant um, that I had hired long before, uh, before I actually, not long before, but prior to moving out to Colorado, I had a gal 
that worked with me. Uh, I've had probably six, seven, eight different virtual assistants um, over, you know, in the Philippines or over in Asia, Australia, um, some greater than others. But virtual is really tough. Um, for me personally, like I just tend to, uh, I'm just able to, maybe it's just easier, right? I'm just able to wrap my head around things that are more tangible, right? Um, I don't believe, I have a hard time believing that people are going to buy from an email. We're going, going to, you know, buy from a, a sales page. Certainly it happens, you know, I see uh, book orders come in every single day um, from a sales page that my team has built. And that's all cool. And I think I'm learning to actually lean into, okay, online, virtual, sales and business, it's, it's so doable. Of course, I can see that, but I don't think I've ever fully believed it for me. I am appreciating that more and more and, and believing in it more and more. And yet a blue collar, um, tangible kind of uh, non-sexy business has also been something that I could really wrap my kind of my head around as well as having someone tangibly here in town to help me do all the things that I need to do. And I think for a lot of us, and I was having this conversation with my, my older brother last night, um, he's, you know, he's no longer with his, um, with his ex-wife. And uh, even though she's obviously a huge part of the family still, but uh, I think they've both realized, and I've heard this from a lot of my other buddies who have gotten divorces, that like, especially when you have kids, um, it's so challenging, right? And I bring it up just because like I'm single, I don't have kids and I still have a hard enough time managing my time <laughs> between like appointments and haircut and dentist and uh, getting the car fixed or, you know, going and picking up mail here or meeting this other person for lunch over here and, you know, going to the DMV. Meanwhile, you're trying to get work done, right? <laughs> It's so much. And I think we all kind of go through that where days slip slip past us very quickly, just one after another after another because we're so into the routine of just getting stuff done, but we don't slow down ever to really think about, are, is there like more efficient ways to be doing this? And so that's one of my strengths is looking at like how to tweak and how to increase efficiency. Um, I do it with my time management. I do it in, in many regards in, in other areas of my life, both personal and business, <clears throat> to a fault sometimes too. But that's just how my brain works. So for better or for worse, um, I have learned to kind of cope and work with my day-to-day -day life um, just kind of solo. That's how I've done it for so many years, right? Um, can you hear that? It's kind of gross, actually. That's my, uh, that's my dog chewing on his bone. He was asleep for the last three hours. But, of course, as soon as I started talking and uh, recording, he decided, you know what? This is a good fucking time to get my kangaroo bone. He just started gnawing on that shit. Oh, he just decided to get a little bit closer to me now, too. So maybe you'll be able to pick up even more of it. I digress. So what I've learned, though, is... Um, I have had friends, I have had family members who have gone bankrupt in the past um, through 
real estate and various other things. And what I've learned from their experience was that they were too highly leveraged in one asset class. And something that I've learned from uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, things that I've learned from Money, Match of the Game by Tony Robbins, like a lot of wealthy people. And this sounds like, oh yeah, Johnny's got his shit together. I haven't read that many books. But the re- books that I have read, I have, they've, they've like been concreted into my head, right? Hang on, let me, let me grab this bone. Hey, buddy. Can we do like, like, a, like a squeaky toy or something? Let's not do that right while I'm recording. How was that? Was that fun? That's, that's real life, right? So, because um, I, I remember seeing on TikTok too, even like before I deleted it six months ago, like a year ago, guys would be like at these masterminds, like how much real estate do you have under management or whatever? And he's like, uh, 227 million. Next guy's like 337 million. Next guy's like half a billion. Like, okay, cool. And I'm sure those guys are they're way much more intelligent than I am. But I do, I personally get nervous when I am overly leveraged in one asset class, meaning like all real estate, right? Or all one thing or another. Now, for me personally, probably because I don't have a huge amount of risk tolerance, I like to make sure that I have, you know, um, like my ability to stay afloat if shit hits the fan. Um, it's kind of one of my, my main primary goals. And, and, and I've also read a lot of books where Richard Branson and, uh, yeah, Tony Robbins and um, who else am I thinking of? Richard Branson, uh, Warren Buffett, all these guys talk about, like, they're not huge risk takers, actually. They really focus, they really focus on uh, mitigating the risk. So they want to lose as little as possible. That's what they really, really focus on. But they're not necessarily focused on like hitting home runs. They'll be happy to hit little singles and doubles all day long in business as long as they can mitigate uh, not losing their shorts, you know, if, if uh, the shit hits the fan. So I've thought, thought about that a lot too. And I thought like, you know, I've got this coaching business, I've got Airbnb, I've got, uh, I still do weight loss. So I coach people through weight loss. I've got uh, my Turo, so I rent out some cars. Like, so I've got a lot of like side hustles and, and some primary, you know. And yet, of course, when the pandemic happened, all of those went away, right? Uh, came to a screeching halt. And that, was, that made me nervous. All of my in-person events, all of my retreats, um, a lot of times guys, as they were getting nervous, what's the one place that they would quickly look to cut expenses you know, uh, if they got furloughed or if they were nervous about whether or not their job would be sticking around, especially during COVID, uh, they were cutting, you know, their, their coaching expenses. So some of that, uh, is problematic. The other part of it too, for, for those of you that are listening, that are coaches, um, a lot of times it's, it's like you have to be present to, deliver the service, right? And so what I started looking for again was some type of blue collar business that was already established, that was already making money and for less than, well, let's just say like the the median house price here in Denver, fucking A, it's a million dollars. Like, holy shit, that's just the median house, house price. 
So for less than that, less than what it would cost me to buy a home and then have a very large mortgage, perhaps, I bought a business that immediately started paying me a salary, okay? Not only that, but allowed me to hire, you know, I well, it obviously came with employees, like I said, let one go and hire someone else who was here in town who can not only, you know, I hired someone who not only can help me with my, my like HVAC business, but who can help me with my other businesses. And so that has been a absolute game changer. And each and every single day that I delegate more and more work to her, the, the more I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like, I'm so, so grateful. Uh, and then my other employee, he's a rock star too. He's a technician you know, on the HVAC side and he just crushes out stuff. He's, he's such a, a good guy and uh, has such a good mentality. And so for the previous months before I bought this business, I was binging on the show called The Profit, which is on Paramount. I believe, no, it's on Peacock uh, app. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it, especially if you're entrepreneurial. And Marcus Lemonis, who's like this investor and he comes into businesses to kind of turn them around, he'll invest his own money. But he really focuses on three areas that could have broken down to make this business be pretty much failing to where they're throwing a Hail Mary and saying, please come on, like, we'll, we'll come on the show. We have the humility to show you how horrible it is uh, because we're about to close and we need your help. But he focuses on three areas, his three Ps, people, product, or process. And in this business that I bought, it really comes down to, um, like the product's pretty straightforward. It's both the process, which would be kind of customer service and the way that business is handled, various other processes, um, as well as really the people. It really comes down to the people. So knowing that I could come in and, and upgrade the people if needed was something that I was willing to do, even though that wasn't necessarily something I thought I was going to do right from the get-go. I thought I'd give it you know, more time, let's say six months with the, the current employees as I just learned the business. But I was throwing curveballs and I just had to, to react. And so I say all that. I say all that because so many of us have been ingrained to think, get a good job and then buy a big fucking house, which comes with a huge mortgage, which only makes you feel even more handcuffed to your house and your car and your or your cars, right? You have to make those car payments. And then you have to like, you know, go on these luxurious um, <laughs> vacations and everything else. For me personally, this is how I've decided to do it and, and to educate myself. And I'm just figuring it out, but it's starting to really pan out. When it comes to traveling, I've been uh, travel hacking for the last several years, which is like getting credit cards, getting the points, using those points to travel essentially for free um, and using those credit cards too to invest in real estate or like this business stuff, like various other things so I get more and more points so that when I do travel, like I said, I travel for free. Uh, when it comes to my home mortgage. I've got uh, three, I will have four later on this year, four home mortgages. And I have other people pay for all of those mortgages and then some, right? Through either long-term rental or short-term Airbnb, VRBO rental, right? 
my cars, right? The, the, usually the, the number one most expensive thing for us as human beings is our living expenses, right? Our mortgage, right? Our utilities. Second would be our transportation, which would be our cars, as well as, you know, uh, insurance, maintenance, gas, uh, which, by the way, I just paid like $135 to fill up my car the other day. What the fuck? Um, anyways, side note. Um, and then third would be like, um, you know, food, nutrition. I can't get anyone to, you know, buy my food for me at this point, right? But all the, the previous things that I mentioned, the focus is to, to keep your living expenses as little to, to be as low as possible so you can find ways to, to, to buy investments, right, that pay you, that kick off positive cash flow rather than to buy liabilities that take cash out of your pocket, right? It's a lot of the stuff that Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the book, if you haven't read it, will teach you. And it just is very simple, but the, the premise and the system just makes a lot of sense to me. And I read that when I was in college, and it's really stuck with me. And so that's why when I was, uh, prior to going through my divorce, that's when I really started to make some moves to get out of my first home that I owned, to lease it out long-term, to move into a very inexpensive apartment. And I really haven't, now I have, you know, I did buy a house a couple years ago and moved in in August of 2019, which thank God, actually, that I was there for, for COVID, um, but having said that now, uh, with a bunch of other homes that I've purchased, I, like I said, I have other people pay for those. Meanwhile, I live in a very inexpensive place otherwise. And I think that's the, the key is to keep your expenses as low as possible, right? Be willing to kind of, um, what does Dave Ramsey say? Uh, what does he say? He says, um, live like most people can't so that you can live in the future like most people won't <laughs> I totally butchered that maybe it's the other way around right live live in the way that most people won't right now so that in the future you can live uh have a lifestyle that most people can't have something to that effect i don't know if that makes sense to you or not but it's the whole idea of like sacrifice a little for now so you can really uh, pay off dividends in the future. And it's not as if I'm roughing it, let's be honest. I'm not, you know, uh, tent camping every single night. So I say all this just because this is how my brain works. This is something that I find that I'm really kind of passionate about and that I'm excited about. Um, and so far, so good. Knock on wood, obviously, the, the economy is already starting to shift. Uh, and it's been going up for so long that it's only natural that we're going to have some massive corrections into like a bear market. Uh, rising interest rates, yada, 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 right? So I think it's also good to think about uh, making sure that you're not overly leveraged, like I said, in just one asset class. Um, <clears throat> because I have, not only do I have real estate, I have this business as well. I have crypto. I have, uh, you know, other money in the stock market. Um, what else do I have? Uh, I'm totally blanking. What are some of the other commodities? I'm sorry, um, asset classes. Anyways, I'm kind of blanking. I'm tired. I went for a long bike ride this morning. Um, and I think that's important. And then be willing to, fuck, dude, if it, if it requires you to move out of your house, 
to get a very small, you know, or not small, but like an inexpensive apartment so that you can lease out your house, which then pays for your apartment and pays for your mortgage and lowers your overall nut that you have to crack each month and cover financially. Like that's a total fucking win. You just have to be willing to do it. And uh, I know at least for me, it's worth it uh, because what I'm really looking to achieve, like I said on previous podcasts, is to create multiple streams of income that allow me to have my time to do what I want to do when I want to do it, right? And so again, like I said, for the cost of less than a median (laughs) price for a house here in Denver, I bought a business that yes, has, you know, debt on it, but the business is making more money than the debt service. And so I'm able to pay myself a salary, pay two other people's salaries, make money on top of that, you know, pay down my debts. Um, and it would be no different than, you know, an Airbnb, but an Airbnb, you can only rent for certain, uh, for a certain amount of nights per month. You can only have so many people sleeping in the house and they're only going to pay a certain amount that kind of, you know, is the going price for, for the market based off of supply and demand. But with a business I like, the sky's the limit. You, if you really see that you can potentially grow it, um, then you can grow it and keep increasing that, that income. So anyways, I digress. I would love to talk to any of you guys about that if, uh, if you care to hit me up. Like I said, on social media or shoot me an email, johnny at johnnyking.com. Um, sometimes those emails from people I don't know go into my spam folder, unfortunately. So usually if you hit me up on social media, I'm more likely to see that. But uh, let me know if you have any ideas. I do have, like I said, my mastermind group inside my uh, arena brotherhood. We even have a meeting later on this week where we get to, we're going to really dive into these things. And, and I'm going to support them in creating a, a lifestyle where they don't feel like they're stuck in their dead-end jobs or whatever. So thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you got some good stuff out of it. Hit me up if you have any questions. And until we meet again, thanks for joining me on the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King. Talk soon. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.